everybody, and welcome to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I told you, we're back. We have brand new stuff, man, and we have an amazing show for you guys today. Today, it is episode 230, and we are joined by one of my boys. Uh, he is the guru. He is our boxing expert. We are talking about B-Cam. He is joining us on today's show. On today's menu, we are absolutely going to talk about everything that went on in the world of boxing. Guys, today is an all-boxing episode, all right? We're going to talk about some other things. We'll have a good time, but we're talking about boxing today because boxing is back and boxing is ready, and we've had some really, really interesting matchups, and we have some fight picks again, some things that are coming up down the pipe that I think a lot of us didn't really expect. All right, so we're going to talk about that and so much more. All things boxing with the guru. B cam man. I hope you guys enjoy the show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring my boy on the show. B cam welcome to the fight podcast, brother. How is everything? This is this is the new fight podcast, new format. I, I feel good. I look good. Come on now. This, shout out, shout out to you for the upgrades. Man, brother, I, I, I'm I'm working on it, man. We're we're trying to do I'm, some stuff. I'm gonna check my bank account for the paycheck. I know that's coming too. <laughs> you, you, you big time now. Oh, bro, we're working on it. So for those who do not know, from now on, we'll be streaming live, live on YouTube. We'll be streaming live on Facebook. We'll be streaming live on LinkedIn. We'll be streaming live on Twitter. That is what we're doing. We're bringing you the best heat all the time right here on the Fight Podcast. As you guys see, where the fight, where is it? It's up there, Fight Podcast. We got the little, you know, the little fist down there. We got stuff in this corner, brother. We getting it cracking. Uh, B, thank you for joining me on the show, my brother. It's been a while. I'm happy to be back. I think I don't know if I've done an episode since I've been in D.C. You know, you're always asking me how I'm doing. How's the weather in Boston? No longer in Boston. And thank God I hated that place. You know, I fucking hated that place. (laughs) He did. Um, So I love that, man, because look, my man went from one of the most racist cities in the States (laughs) To Chocolate City. City. I, I love it. I love it. I'm happy. Look, I, I have t- I have ties. I have connections to D.C. Um, not only am I a member of the, the greatest fraternity in the world, Alpha Five Fraternity Incorporated. Obviously, we have Howard down there. But my father went to Howard. You know what I'm saying? My, uh, like, dude, I, I've been I've been in D.C. My da- In fact, when I was growing up, my dad lived in D.C., so I used to go all the time. I love D.C. It's a great city, man. So, brother, I'm happy you're there, man. Oh man, you got, you got someone to see when you come to DC, man. I, I gotta get I gotta get to LA. I, you in a new place too, man, bro? Out here in LA, bro. Live, living, living. In fact, look, I, I have look. I, little story, little story time. Literally, I'm chilling. My lady and I we're doing this um, this detox week, right? And y'all getting real, real week. zen. Yeah, y'all are into it, man. Just, you, just, you, you got just, to the dog. no cell phones. I was like, damn. Bro, I'm talking about no cell phones, no sugar. No weed. Y'all know how I love my bud. Like nothing. We're sitting there. No TV. Nothing. Sitting here. Just I mean, if it's not work related, we ain't playing with it. You know, it's all about getting our mind and our bodies right. But we're getting outside, too. And and we've been taking some drives together just to get out of the house. And so we're driving down through the hills and stuff. We're in Hollywood. And all of a sudden, it was, I looked at my lady and I'm like, you know, it's funny. It'll be really funny if we see somebody we know. Right. Are there any celebrities out here? We laughed, whatever, because we're seeing all these big houses and stuff. I see Al Pacino's crib. That brother lives literally on the on the regular ass street. We're looking at all these these famous people's cribs. 
And all of a sudden, I'm pulling up, and I see this lime green Lambo truck. And it's I'm a nice like, truck. It is a beautiful truck. It's a nice it's truck. Literally, that color green Lambo <laughs> truck. All right. Hey, you, you see a green Lambo truck, you know niggas are nearby. That's, the, that's not like just, that's not anybody's car. Not anybody's car. So I'm looking at it from a distance, and the first thing, I'm starting to talk some shit. I'm like, they, whoever that is, them niggas definitely rented that shit, right? I'm talking trash. It's whatever. We're having a good time. Until we get close, when I'm looking, I'm like, man, that kid got a real familiar shaped head. Why that kid look like Diddy? Now, we get closer, and I'm like, oh, it's because it's Diddy's kid. Oh, that's Diddy's house. No shit. <laughs> so we all in the mix out here. They just be out here living large. Love. Yo, could you like imagine growing up where that's all you know? Nah, I, I literally can't imagine that. To be, like, to be like that, you have to understand your whole mindset is different. Your whole concept oh. of the world is different. Like you've never known the world any other way aside from being Diddy's son. And being Diddy's son likely comes with responsibilities. He got I'm, expectations I'm sure of you. And you, you know, you're not, I'm, I'm going to high school running track, trying to make all state, trying to, trying to jump over hurdles. That's not his life. This nigga was sitting on the hood of the Lambo truck with no shirt on. You can do Different. shit like that when you did his son. Nah, I would do it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not far from doing it now. <laughs> and you have a nice brand new whip yourself. My brother went oh, to yeah, DC, man. copped a new whip. Yeah, man. Dream, man. Ebony out there, she uh, she looking real nice. You know, I keep her clean, got her washed on Saturday. That's my baby. That is my I baby. It. I love it, man. Well, look, bro, I'm, I'm happy you're doing well. This is episode 230. We're back in action. Um, and you know what, bro? There has been some boxing. There's been some boxing happening, and, uh, and we have to talk about all of it. Uh, but what I do want to start off with, I got to talk about this weekend. All right, so let's go ahead and real quick, any, um, let's, we have to give a shout out really fast to our sponsors, Everlast. Everlast is a wonderful sponsor of the show. Each and every episode, you guys get 10% off, okay? 10% off with your purchase by applying promo code THEFIGHT. So check that out when you guys have an opportunity. Also, check out CBDPure.com. CBDPure.com is another amazing sponsor of ours. After you get done working out, you feel amazing. You get CBD Pure, man. Drop it uh, uh, right up under your tongue, and it's right after, man. It's awesome company, um, directly sourced right from Colorado. Amazing. And last but certainly not least, we have to give a shout out to um, Nug Club Official. Nug Club Official, if you're anywhere on the West Coast, they deliver a box of premium flour and bud to you for it is it's a $200 box. You get it for 100 bucks. You apply promo code to fight, you'll get it for another 10 bucks off. So you literally get $200 worth of product for 90 bucks right here with the Fight Podcast. We take care of you guys out here, all right? Um, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the show. Uh, B, did you get an opportunity to check out this past weekend's fights, man? There were some decent fights this weekend. There were some decent oh, fights this go. weekend. There were some weird fights this weekend. But I mean, overall, probably just an okay weekend of boxing. How, how am I coming through? I feel like I'm freezing on my end. Uh, you were good until... No, I see you blinking on time. Okay. You look like you're right there. So like, if anything, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, Perfect, perfect. And again... Now we'll, we'll no make, we're live streaming, so it, it happens from time to time. I totally understand. But what I do want to talk about boxing, 
The 22 and 2, 10 knockouts. We have Jamel Herring retained his WBO junior lightweight chip via disqualification against Jonathan Okendo. Jonathan Okendo is a record of 31 and 7 with 19 knockouts. So check this out. Um, unfortunately, I had the, the, his post fight to pop up. I really wanted it to come up, but uh, the video wasn't working for some reason. Uh, but what he was saying on there was ta we're talking about the stoppage. And a lot of people are saying that it was a either a either a premature stoppage or he's soft. What was your take on the stoppage before we even get into the fight? The stoppage was weird. It just looked really weird. His corner looked out of sorts. He's he didn't seem to be in the same page as Bo Mac, Brian, Brian McIntyre, his training trainer, also the trainer of trainer. Terrence Crawford. An, an amazing trainer overall. Bo Mack is talking to the ref. I believe the ref was Tony Weeks. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. The doctor, the doctor's there. And Jamel Herring is just sitting there. He's like, I can't see. I don't want to fight anymore. And at the moment, it's like, is this guy, is, is he just looking for a way out? Is he going to quit? The fight didn't look, he was, he was getting headbutt over and over, but he, it, over it wasn't like a brutal, brutal fight he wasn't getting beat up by any means and it looked like if he really wanted to step on the gas he could have taken over the fight at any moment and that's sure. something i'll get into I'll, I'll get to in a little bit but the stoppage just seemed odd it seemed off there was something there was just some, some type of weird energy around it and i think that stemmed from the fact that everybody was just on different pages and i didn't like that at all i really didn't because i felt like jamel herring should have support brian mcintyre bomac should be there for him he should be behind him and just felt like everybody was in different places. And on national television, I just, just don't think it looked good. And I guess this wasn't national television. This was ESPN Plus. Yes. So do you think that it might have been something to deal with the bubble and the way that they separate everybody? Because I've noticed that also they do the exact same thing with the UFC. And what they end up doing is once the fighter ends up after the fight, after the fact, the trainers and everybody have to go one way. The fighters have to go towards their post fight. They're not near anybody. So do you think it was more of a case of that? Because that's how I saw that specific moment. I'm like, you know what? Because at first I felt the same way. I'm like, what are they doing? Why isn't his team there? But then it just hit me. I'm like, oh, they're separated. They got to do their thing. And then they'll see him behind the scenes. Um, I think, do you think it could have been a little bit of that? No, absolutely not. What I'm talking about is the scene in the corner as the fight was being stopped. You see ah, Tony Weeks okay. over there. You yes. see Bo Mack over there. You see Jamel Herring sitting in the corner. And everyone mm -hmm. seemed out of sorts. Tony Weeks, they're asking Tony Weeks what's going to happen if he can't fight anymore. And Tony Weeks is like, I can't tell you, which I have my thoughts on that as well. Because I understand Tony Weeks saying, hey, I'm not going to give him his decision so he can make a decision that affects his health based on the outcome of a fight. But at the same time, he's a professional boxer and he does have a right to know the rules. He does. So I was a bit I was a bit torn on that as well. But the scene in the corner just seemed very, very chaotic. The Nevada State Athletic Commission's get getting involved. Weird. Really fucking Super weird. Weird. Very weird, man. It, it was very weird. And I do hear what you're saying with that one. Um Tony, Tony Weeks, and that's, that's the problem with it. Bo Mac, Tony Weeks, those are individuals that are so experienced. Bo Mack should have known what was happening. I think he dropped the ball in that specific moment. But I do want to ask you this. Let's, let's, let's change gears slightly to the fight itself. The fight itself. How did you think about Jamal Herring's, his actual performance? Because here's the thing, and here's the thing everyone wants to talk about. At the end of the year, he's penciled in to fight Carl Frosch. 
That is Frampton, somebody. Frampton, I'm sorry, Frampton. Carl Frampton. Carl Frampton. He's supposed to fight him at the end of the year. A lot of people are saying now that they don't believe that he could win that fight because of this. How do you like? What were your thoughts in this whole this whole debacle? So let's just come back a little bit. You asked how I felt about his performance in the fight. You mentioned yes. something earlier. I think we were a bit off, but you were saying, you know, do you think it's the bubble and everybody was separated? This is where the bubble actually comes in. Now, okay. Jamel Herring, he's lost a child. He has fought overseas. He has suffered from PTSD. This man is not a quitter. He's not he's one of these. He's a yeah, Marine. He's a Marine. With two, two, with two tours. He's, he's not one of these delusional boxers out here that are just out here talking to say whatever. He's a very educated guy. Like so, someone you see, feel like you could have a, a decent conversation with no, mat, no matter the circumstance. If he loses a fight, he seems like someone that would take a loss well. But he looked so flat. He doesn't, yeah. he looked like he had a difficult time. And he's not something who, someone who strikes me as, as a fighter who would take someone, something for granted. But he, it just felt like maybe it was the bubble. It felt like he couldn't get up for the fight. Okendo is not someone who was supposed to beat him. He was a guy that was a means to get to Carl Frampton. Get through this guy. Let's get to Carl Frampton. This is a fight. This is a stay active fight after you've had your bouts with COVID-19 and the fight has been pushed off a couple of times. Let's stay active and let's bridge the gap to Carl Frampton. You give ESPN something to put on TV. But he just seemed flat. He seemed way too content with the clinch. And that's something that I didn't understand. You have a guy that is coming forward, straight forward and backward. He's not giving you giving you any angles. He's not a, a complicated fighter to work around for a world champion like Jamel Herring. But Jamel Herring just seems to way too content to stand his ground and go into the clinch with Jonathan Okendo. Step to the side, step to the right, step to the left. You have good footwork. Use your angles, land, land your combination. And I just didn't understand what was going on there. I was like, why is, is this guy, you're a world champion. Why are you just so content to clinch with the guy that's going to continue to headbutt you? A way that you can avoid that headbutt, take a step back, land an uppercut like, like you did. He looked great in that sequence. And when that he second round when he landed that sequence, I don't understand why he didn't do that the entire fight. But he, but see, that, that sequence was simple. He just stepped back, landed a quick uppercut. I need you to do more because he was continuing to step, to take that half step back, land a couple shots, but I need you to circle around to the left, circle around to the right, continue upon those combinations because this man is going to continue to come forward. Don't just Absolutely. be content, content with the ref. I, I watched the fight and my friend was like, hey, like, why does the ref keep getting involved? Because Jamel Herring was so content with a clinch. And that, that's not how he should have showed up. That's not how he should have fought. And to me, he just looked flat. And it made me wonder, is it, is it the, the fight, the quality of the fighter that just wasn't there? This isn't Carl Frampton. This is Okendo, a guy that you're supposed to walk through. Or yeah. is it the lack of the crowd? The, 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 the crowd's not there. Those people aren't behind you. The Marines aren't, the U.S. Marines aren't showing up for you. It's a quiet arena. A lot of people claim that it feels like feels like a sparring session. Mm-hmm. Did that get to him a little bit? I wonder. And so it, it's interesting because during the during all of these bubble matches, I believe that we have seen, not just in MMA, but we've also seen it in boxing, there has seemingly been a lot of very, very entertaining fights. Um, but post-fight, everyone makes a point to say, look, man, at the end of the day, this wasn't easy. This was weird. It felt difficult. And a lot of times it does feel like a sparring session. So maybe that did. And I'm going to, I agree with you. And we'll move on after this aspect of it. But I agree with you. I think uh, Jamel Herring is someone who is extremely skilled. 
I think he is a legitimate tough guy, okay? There are people that are play tough. This man had did two tours. He is a legitimate tough guy. And I think that he'll be fine after this. I think he's going to go back. And I believe that he understands because, again, this is something that you and I were discussing off camera. And we were saying how he is someone who is very aware. He's aware of what's going on on social media. And again, we talk about how smart of a dude he is. He's aware. He's smart. And when we look at that and when we understand that, that's the thing about it. He, I, I, I know he knows what's going on. And I know he understands what he needs to do next time out. So I, I feel I'm, I'm comfortable with him. I think he's going to be fine. How do you feel about it? Well, I just want to, uh, you know, I, I like Jamel Herring. I like him as a person. I like him as a fighter. I think he looks really, really, really flat this, this past Saturday. But I like how he carries himself. I like I like his Twitter account and how he's followed up after the fight. He's made a couple jokes about it, but he's also said some very real things. Number one, one thing I want to note is that he did mention that he couldn't see after the fight. And people were questioning if he had an orbital bone injury. He did not fracture his orbital bone. However, he had an old broken bone from a facial injury. Uh, injury that never properly healed and that's what was affecting him but he should heal up uh, heal up well i'm not sure if the call Frampton fight will necessarily be at the end of this year i would more project that for q1 2021 also jamal herring is a miguel cotto fan and we've seen some really heartbreaking clips of miguel cotto over the years you know we got our puerto rican here serge he's a huge miguel cotto fan but you've seen some really it's we've gotten the opportunity to see some really intimate clips with Miguel Cotto and his wife after fights where Miguel Cotto may have not won the fight. And she's just like, Hey, like, do you have to keep doing this? And he's like, Hey, it's all I know. It seems like Jamel Herring has also seen those same clips. And right now, the way that he's speaking, it seems like the Carl Frampton fight may be his last. He's spending way too much time away from his family. He doesn't like it. He's even screenshotted a text message from his wife asking her, the, the text message says, please make Frampton your retirement fight. I'm done with this. Ooh, it's, I, this is a story going there and risk your life. It's a very dangerous game. And I mean, we don't we, we sit here, we talk about fighters and it's very easy for us sitting here, a little keyboard, keyboard warriors. But these people have lives. They have families. <laughs> <laughs> they have lives. They have families. It is a dangerous sport. And this is the side of boxing that we oftentimes don't see. Um, if it is his last fight, I think it's been a, a dope career and he's getting out at the right time, honestly, because right. I don't know where he goes after Carl Frampton. He's not going to ever be one of the biggest stars in the sport. No. Well, I, I, I'm with you. Um, something that Dana White has always said, he says, if you are already thinking about it, you should go. If you have that one foot out the door, it is time to go. If that's where he currently is, um, I think it's that time then. If, he, if you're thinking about retirement, and I'm telling you, Frampton might not be that guy. You might want to cancel Christmas now. Because Frampton, Frampton's looking to get back in the mix. He's taking, taking exactly. a couple of losses, looking to reestablish himself as a champion. Exactly. That's a guy that's hungry. Not a guy you want to go up against when you're thinking about retirement. And I know you asked me before who I favor in that fight. Styles make fights. Okendo was coming coming forward, you know, he, and I think Jamel Herring didn't handle it well, but he didn't get up for that fight. And Carl Frampton, although he looked a lot better in his last fight, he even said he had a hard time getting up for that fight as well. Styles make fights. I think it's a totally different fight that Jamel Herring does get up for, but I still favor at this point in time, Carl Frampton by decision in that fight. I love it. Absolutely. No, I, I 100% agreed, man. I, I think that is phenomenal. And um, it is.
Uh, real quick, I want to show some love to Joey Torres, man. Thank you so much, man. I'm glad you like the setup. Uh, salute to you. Thank you for supporting the Fight Podcast, man. And for people who are paying attention, yo, if you go ahead and ask, you can ask questions. You can do anything right there on the comments now. The dope thing about the comments and setup is it literally, if you ask me questions there, man, I will go ahead and not only will I go ahead and answer the questions, we'll pull it up there so everyone can check it out, man. And we can answer it live for you guys right on time. All right. So just let you guys know. All right. Uh, moving right along. Ugas. Your Dennis Ugas came back with a record of 26-4 with 12 knockouts. He wins the WBA welterweight chip via split decision versus Abel uh, Ramos. Now, check it out. Even though this fight was a split decision, I don't understand how it was. The scores were two judges had it 115-113. One judge had it 117-111 for Ramos. Interesting scorecard. Again, it was a very weird night. Um, I will say this. I thought it was a very dominant performance by Ugas. I didn't even have it as close as I literally had it 117-111 the other way. I had it for, uh, for um, Ugas in that one. Yo, Ugas is quietly putting together a solid resume. He is a monster of a dude. But you and I both agreed that he probably should have beaten Sean Porter, especially if he kept going. ESPN currently has him ranked as number seven in the world in the welterweight division. Do you think that's spot on? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. You got to have your Errol Spence, your Manny, Manny Pacquiao, your Terrence Crawford, because they gave gave the win to, to Sean Porter. You got to give that to him. You got to give it to have your Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia. And there's probably, yeah, Danny Garcia. So there's Danny probably a, maybe one more. As I mentioned, I mean, who, 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 would the, yeah, who would that, who would the other guy be? Who would the sixth guy be then? Because I'm with you. you. I can have, have Pacquiao, a, I have, I have Terrence Crawford, uh, Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, and uh, Sean Porter. You can maybe give it to a Mikey Garcia. You can maybe give it to a Virgil Ortiz. Um, Virgil you, it, Ortiz. It, it all depends. There it is. Keith, oh, Keith Thurman. Where, where do we go? Keith Thurman. Easy. I, I got say? Virgil Ortiz over Keith Thurman. I'm sorry. I, I, he's probably oh, the oh, guy. Oh realistically but Keith Thurman man he he's not active enough you're not active he's not he's not, not active. he's not active enough in the top I can't but I, a lot of people aren't the ranking systems yeah but I mean can you rank your Dennis Ugas over Keith Thurman at this point no I, I don't feel like we can I, and I, I right now as a as, right right now last summer Keith Thurman put, still put on a very good performance and made a very good account of himself against against Manny Pacquiao who's one of the best to ever do it so I still easily rank Keith Thurman uh, over you, Dennis, okay. or Dennis Ugas, and it's not even close. However, that might be a fight that you'd be interested in seeing. Your Dennis Ugas maintains his place in the welterweight division, and he's just in such an odd area because none of the top dogs really want to fight him because they don't gain anything. He's not; he doesn't have. He's a Cuban amateur background. Doesn't have this exciting fight fighting style. I mean, he, he can land some power shots every now and then, but he's not that exciting to watch. He just isn't. So he ends up being this sort of gatekeeper. But none of they, they haven't paired him with any of the young guys. I, I heard his name thrown around with Terrence Crawford, but that fight seems to be going in another direction. So he's just in such an such an odd place. Do you have, uh, do you have an age for him? Oh, I think he's in his mid thirties. To be honest, he's not he's not young at all. He's not young at all. I think he's older than I am. Um, I'm thirty four. I think he might be thirty five or thirty six. To be honest with you, uh, he's thirty four. He's thirty four. Okay. Yeah. 
So I mean, he he can yeah. probably he can probably hope for a, a couple fights with some guys in, in the top five, some guys that are ranked ahead of him at this point. But I, I don't know if he'll ever he'll ever get further than that unless PBC decides to toss him out there as bait for Terrence Crawford so they can see what happens against him before getting him an actual fight against one of the top guys like a Terrence Crawford. I'm sorry, like I, like I, a. I Errol okay, yeah, I you know what um I agree with you there. I do. Uh, I look at. For instance, I look at Ugas, I think he's extremely tough. And I think, especially with that Cuban style, look at Ereslani Lara at 154, right? You look at those guys with that, that super Cuban style, they make the fight ugly. They're extremely technical. You, no one looks good against them. Ugh, it, it, it's, I understand it sucks, but I think seven is probably the right place for him. Who do you believe that Ugas should get next, realistically? So realistically, I think Ugas should go after a guy like Keith Thurman next. If Keith Thurman wants to come back fight, that's a good fight for Keith Thurman. Also a good fight for Ugas with where he's in his career. I've heard Keith Thurman tossed around with Terrence Crawford's name. Like everybody on the PBC side name has been tossed around Terrence Crawford's name, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Keith Thurman should be a pretty easy fight to make, a fight that Keith Thurman should want to take coming back off of injury. So that's where I'm going, Keith Thurman, if I am uh, your Dennis Ugas. I, I love it. I think that's a great uh, matchup. Um, and here's the thing: I, I don't. I, I have never been a huge fan of Keith Thurman. I think he's very skilled. Uh, I, I, I just, he just never has done it for me. But I think a fight against Ugas, and if he was able to do that in a dominant fashion, he will absolutely be tossed right back up into, into the big boys. And then I would love to see him fight a fight against possibly a Terrence Crawford or somebody else. But well, I'll, I'll, I'll say. I'll say this before before we go on. Even with Ugas probably looking above him, trying to see who's who who can who who will be willing to fight him, there are some guys that are coming up very quickly. We already mentioned one of them, Virgil Ortiz. You also have Jerron Jerron Ennis, who's on the same side as your Dennis Ugas. So those are going to be guys that are gunning for your Dennis Ugas fights that he probably shouldn't take because he's going to look bad. He's going to probably yeah. lose and he doesn't have much to gain from them. However, those young guys, that's a nice name on their resume. So we'll see what happens. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did want to throw, oh, no, no, throw no, out no. there that, you know, there's two sides to this coin. There's good fights for, for Ugas, but there's good fights for us. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and I think we can both agree that we have seen far more quality fights than we have in a very long time. I feel like some of these matchups are actually being made. Speaking of a matchup that is finally being made, boom, for everybody can see it. Terrence Crawford is supposedly fighting Kell Brook. Do you believe that this is an actual name? Kell Brook, the former champion, the former IBF champion. Do you believe this was a name that would give Crawford the respect that he so much deserves? You hear me? You, you? No, I don't. I don't think this is the guy to do it. No. I, I, I don't think that Kell Brook is a great opponent at this point in time. He's just he, he's a little bit he's a little bit older. He's taking taking some losses. He hasn't done anything of note in a, a few years now. Since yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I hear you just fine. Yeah. Yes. It's can you, live. Can you hear me all right? So, hey, yeah, I, I, hear, I, I hear you fine. I hear you perfectly. Yes, sir. You hear me? Yep, I hear you. It seems like there's a lag. It seems like you might be a little behind me. Uh, hopefully, we can get that square. Yeah, I think, I, I, think, I think I'm a bit lagged because I, I think I'm a bit lagged because I can hear what you hear. 
Mm, okay, give us one second. We're going to get you back on here. We're going to see if this will help out. Uh, so, guys, give us two seconds. Like I said, we're just fix, fixing some bugs. I want to make sure we're getting what everything Brandon is saying is out here. Um, but, again, just so you guys know, we're talking about Terrence Crawford. Uh, a lot of people have him as their pound for pound. He's going against Hell Brook coming up soon. So let's see if we can get Brandon back on here and it can be back on the team. B, do you hear me? Are you back? You can you hear me all right, Serge? I, I think so. I hear you. I hear you. All right, there we go. All right. So um going back to what we were saying with uh Crawford and Kel Brook. I, I agree with you. I think this is a name. But I think this is a name that has come. It's 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 a it's a little too late, you know. A day late and a dollar short. That's that's really what it is. Kell Brook is not who we thought he was at one point in time. He was at his at his peak when he ended up losing to Triple G, and then he dropped back down. He got blasted out of there. Also, ended up getting his other orbital broken by Errol Spence. And now, when we look at that. It's it's really one of those things that I'm looking at it, and I don't I don't think that this is the guy. I will I, again. I think it's like a couple of years ago it would have been, but Terrence Crawford, in my opinion, cannot be the number one guy in the welterweight division because I'm gonna be honest, he's not he hasn't fought anybody. Terrence Crawford has not fought anybody at 147. At 140, beast. I can't take anything away from what he's done at 140. At 147, let's get out of with that shit. This is like us putting Alexander Usyk as, as the number one heavyweight right now. Exactly. It doesn't make yes. any sense. Just it because you're undisputed sense. at 140, you can't come to a new weight class without fighting any names and declare yourself as number one. It just does not make sense. And that's where we are right now. People yep. think, and maybe you want to justify his place in the, place in the pound for poundness because of what he's done in the past. I don't agree with having him number one pound for pound. And I'm not a Terrence Crawford hater by any means. I actually like to love Terrence Crawford as a fighter. I want to see him in the, in the ring more because he's not getting any younger, but Kel Brook, while he is a name, he's not the name that he's looking for. And I think he's going to meet this fight with a lot of backlash from the boxing community because he continues to fight scrubs. I just don't. And, and Kel Brook isn't a scrub. That might be a little bit harsh, but it's not the level of competition that we want to see Terrence Crawford fighting. And it just go, it takes me back to 2018 when he made the decision to re-sign with top rank. Why did he put himself in this position? And what does he have to, and what is going to have to, what is it going to take for these fights to be made with the PBC fighters? Because that's where angling, angling towards. And I'm just not sure what the delay is here. Is it, is it money? Obviously they don't work well together, but you're playing with his career in, in the last of his prime years. Terrence Crawford is 33, 34 at this point. He's not young and we're not any closer to be having, having these fights made. So Terrence Crawford is 30, 32, my bad, but he's not, he's not necessarily yeah. young and we're not any closer to having these fights made. By the time he gets an opportunity to fight Errol Spence, what's he going to be? 33, 34, that's not what you want to see. You want to see these guys where they're definitively in their prime. And right now, Terrence Crawford, Crawford versus Kell Brook just is not it for me. Indeed. Me and you both. Me and you both. Um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I haven't seen anything from Terrence Crawford at 147 that has blown me away. Uh, I If he doesn't fight the best of the best, I don't care. I hate to say it like that. I don't care. One thing I've noticed is that Errol Spence has already fought better dudes and he and literally is consistently fighting better people. So I will consistently put Errol Spence higher than Terrence Crawford because he already has 
Kell Brook, when Kell Brook was in his prime, he had Sean Porter, and now he's going for Danny Garcia. Mikey Garcia. And, oh, and we forget about he beat Mikey Garcia, washed Mikey Garcia. Bro, I, how can we say that, 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 that Terrence Crawford is anything close to Errol Spence? We can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I mean, Terrence Crawford really doesn't have any legitimate names on his resume. I mean, he has Amir Gamboa? Khan. Gamboa? Cool. Amir Khan? Uh, Amir Khan after he was washed. Uh, I mean, Jose Benavides Jr., which, which is cool. not a name. Je- Jeff Horn, who's only cool. known for the Manny Pacquiao win. It's not, it's not Nobody. pretty. They're not, man. It, it, he's not fighting anybody of name. And until he fights anybody who matters, I don't care what Andre Ward says. I don't. And while I'm only 20, 29 years old, I think it's more than likely that this Terrence Crawford situation is headed for the woulda, coulda, shoulda territory. We'll be here know. years and he'll take a loss against a top guy and we'll always be oh, saying, yeah. well, if you would have fought him in his prime. But your prime is right now and you have to call Bob Arum on the phone. You have, to get, uh, you have to get Al Heyman on the phone, get those fighters to say, hey, I need this fight. And if you've got to take a little bit of a pay cut for that fight, just for the prospect of fights in the future, then do it because that is how you become a star in boxing. But these guys aren't taking the right road to become a star in boxing. And that's why they they expect these purses and then they're not there. And then these fights can't be made. They're having all these issues. You have to take the L at some point. You have to take a couple of fights where you may not be happy with the pay. But down the line, it pays off. I guarantee it. Errol Spence is on his way to becoming a pay-per-view star in boxing. And that's because he's just doing it over, taking the tough fight over and over again again, until people realize, hey, this is the guy that we need to be watching, even more so than a guy like Deontay Wilder. Yeah, and and the funny thing about it, and we'll move on after this one, it's really one of those things that I, I look at and we look at a guy who is being managed the right way and handled the right way. He was brought up slowly. He was given a jump up in competition. He dominated that. And then he has consistently tried to get the best guys after that. Terrence Crawford is cherry picking. That's what Terrence Crawford is doing. And and I don't want to say it's him specifically, but his team is cherry picking and they're trying to just there. I don't, it does not seem that they're actively trying to get the best people. This is the biggest name that he's getting. But again, it's a day late and a dollar short. This shit should have happened before. Uh, final thoughts on this one? No, no final thoughts. I, I don't there think Terrence Crawford is cherry picking. I think he, I just don't think he can get the fights he needs. I don't know if it, I don't, I don't he, he speaks like he wants the top competition and I believe him, but I mean, we got to see it, sir. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I, I don't believe you. You need more people. I don't buy it anymore. If you want to fight him, he is a big enough star that he can make that happen. You can literally say, when you're the main guy, when you're the big name, you can say, I don't give a damn. Make it happen. And he has not done that consistently, which tells me, I don't really think he wants to fight. I'm sorry, I don't. All right, speaking of somebody who seems like they actually want to smoke, they come in with it. And again, some of these young boys, those four horsemen we keep talking about, Devin Haney, Seems as if he's going to fight Gary Russell Jr. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little shocked. Didn't see this coming. Did um, not see this, this coming. This is big news. This. It is, and this oh, is hold impressive. Up hold up. Didn't see it coming. How do you see this fight going? And real quick, and you can tell me what you think. I want you to think what you But the question is, how do you see the fight going? 
and what does this mean for the winner? But it did come out of anywhere, nowhere, out of left field. What did you think? Gary Russell has been just running his mouth on social media over the past month or two. And I've heard Gary Russell talk before. I mean, he speaks in his post-fight interviews and talks his big guy, bad guy talk. And some of it just never amounts to anything. These fights never materialize. But he's putting, he's putting action behind it. This is what we need to see from Terrence Crawford. Gary Russell has been talking. He is now taking a big fight against the young prospect, Devin Haney. And to be honest with you, I don't think it goes well for him. Gary Gary Russell is a champion at 126 pounds. He's going up two-way classes to to 135 pounds to fight Devin Haney, a very, very skillful prospect who's been handled very, very well up to this point in time. Now, Styles make fights. A guy like Gary Russell is going to frustrate anybody with his speed. But we're looking at Devin Haney coming in as the bigger guy. He's going to have the reach advantage. You know he really loves to use that jab to control the distance. So I don't see and, – and Gary Russell doesn't necessarily have the pro, uh, the power to deter a guy like Devin Haney. So I don't, nece- I don't know what Gary Russell – I don't see a path to Gary Russell winning this fight where I can see multiple paths to Devin Haney winning this fight. I think the size, the, re- the reach, and the lack of power – Power from Gary Russell, I, I just don't see it. So I'm going to go with Devin Haney. I'm going to stay safe by decision, but I am going with Devin Haney in a career-defining win that's going to catapult him to the next level. Yes. You know what, man? I have to say I love what Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia are both doing. They are, I think, whoever's handling these guys is doing it the right way. They are being handled the right way. They are taking the right fights, and they're, and they're taking the right jumps that they need to go ahead and take. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from both of them, and I do agree. I think that Devin Haney has a career-defining win. I think this win, the name on his resume, is going to catapult him to bigger and better things. I, I think that De- I've said it time and time again. I think that Devin Haney is the best out of the young crop. Speaking of the young crop, uh, it was officially signed last night. Teofimo Lopez Lomachenko fight is official. So that's you know another one of the young guns. How many times are we going to get the How many times are we going to get the same headline? How many times are you going to tell us something is signed? I, no, I mean, they they said it was signed, and they they had an IG pick with them both signing that shit now. So let's see. It, it's supposed to be signed. It seems like it's happening. They're both doing. Uh, they're both doing press. So hopefully that fight comes to fruition. But these young guns are finally taking those jumps that they needed to take. I, I love what I'm seeing. I hope they are fucking keeping those guys in a city with nobody else. I don't want any COVID. I want to see the fight. I, I, I don't want to see. I don't. Don't talk to your wife. Don't talk to your parents. I, don't talk to your trainer. Everybody, <laughs> I, I just want to train alone. Just stay, stay back there. Not, make it happen. Do not um, take this fight from us. All right. So check this out, guys. We're gonna do something here um, that we will consi- we will always do when the guru B Cam is on the show. Okay. Um, I want to make sure that you guys. There's so much news and notes, man. And we we're gonna finish off our episodes each and every week. We have the Guru's Corner. Guru! Oh, man, the Guru's Corner. I, I thought this was for the scrap, y'all. I didn't, I didn't come, for, come for one today, but we can, we can talk about some stuff. I mean, what's going on in the world? It's, it's going to be on the scrap yard, too, so don't get it twisted. You're going to be talking a lot of boxing, my brother. Okay, okay. Well, it, was, it wasn't necessarily a lot of boxing last weekend, but what I'm looking forward to right now is September 26th, the double pay-per-view with the Charlos. That's the... To me, that's the biggest news in boxing right now that isn't getting enough attention. Um, I think I, I'm, 
I look favoring I the Charlo brothers in both of those fights. However, I'm more interested in little Charlo, not big Charlo. We talking about little Charlo and Jamel at 154 pounds going up against Jason Rosario, who's a bit of a wild card. I think he showed the fuck up in a way that nobody expected him to against J-Rock when he knocked him out back in January. That was his first fight with a full training camp. So who knows what to expect? Another training camp under his belt. The power seems to be real. So if he lands one of those on Charlo, Charlo, his chin is held up thus far against some against some shots from a guy like Tony, Tony, Tony Harrison. But we'll see if and how his chin chin holds up against a guy like Rosario, because I do believe that he'll be there to be hit. Uh, Charlo is not what we, we would call a defensive wizard. He's no Mayweather, although he's a good fighter that brings a lot of power and a lot of athleticism to the ring. I do believe that he can end the fight at any moment with his own power. However, I'm interested to see how he how he holds up against the power of Rosario, because Rosario is just such a wild card at this point. We have, what, four, five, six rounds of, of, of tape on the real Rosario with the training camp behind him. So we don't know what to expect. Now, another thing I want to talk talk about is just a couple weeks back is the 140-pound division. Um, a couple weeks back, we watched Ho- Jose Ramirez win a, uh, a tight a tight decision. Wasn't, it wasn't the greatest performance. It wasn't, it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't. The, most, the most amazing performance. And Josh Taylor had something to say about that. He has his own fight. Josh Taylor has his own fight coming up against someone that's really, really low lowly rank as they both uh, take care of their mandatory opponents and gear up towards one of the uh, under, uh, 140 pound undisputed fight in yeah for for undisputed for the undisputed championship at 140 40 pounds which i'm very excited for and when you're looking at, when you're looking at a huge fight like that with every step that these fighters take you're looking at you're looking at everything trying to say okay well how's this going to match up against josh taylor how is it going to match up against ramirez how are they going to handle it right now after that last performance styles make styles make fights i always say that and you can't throw that out the window but you have to give josh Taylor the edge right now especially after his performance against the Ruguru. Um, uh, where he looked absolutely amazing handling handling and bringing forth pressure as well um Hmm. those are the two things i'll touch on for for now like i said next time i'll I'll know we're doing this for sure i'll have a few other (laughs) topics to to run through but those are the biggest things for now also last but not least last but not least i just thought of one more my brother yes sir will we ever see canelo again Oh my goodness! I mentioned there's, about that last time, there, man. There's a, there's a fighter. Up? Some may have him number one on the pound for pound rankings. Tons of promotional issues, and you hate to see this with a big star like Canelo. He has issues with Golden Boy. Golden Boy has issues with the Zone. The Zone has issues with Canelo. At first, we're talking about some fights that we really want to see. Now we're talking about fights that we don't want to see as much. We don't know where this saga is going to end. At the end of the day, Canelo being in the ring at some point in time is good for boxing, but make it a reasonable fight. You know, it, while it doesn't have to be uh, necessarily like a triple a, a triple G, like put him in there against Ka- Callum Smith. I think that's a, a tough, compa- probably a bigger fight and a bigger threat to Canelo than a triple G at this point. But Canelo at this point, he's trying to get a belt in the 168 pound division. Like we don't care about that. And I know Canelo as a guy who's big on legacy, who's big on making events for the sport of boxing. And this just doesn't seem to be very like Canelo, Canelo-like. And he's in the type of guy Canelo is. He's not one of the Charlo brothers. He's going to stay silent about the entire thing and the fight's going to get made. And we really won't ever know what happens. So Canelo, come back to boxing, figure it out with Golden Boy, figure it out with his own. Don't take the year to fight. It's no, no one wants to see it. But oh yeah, that, that, it'll be no interesting to watch it. how that develops. Because look, it's we he should be fighting this weekend. Both him 
and Mike Tyson should be fighting this weekend. Neither of those fights are happening. Hey, it, 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 that's boxing, folks. What can we say? It is what it is. But Brandon, my brother, this has been a fun one, man. Hi, hi, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Uh, oh, yes, you're happy to be back. Absolutely, dude. We'll be we'll be back in here for guys. Um, Brandon and I will be doing these episodes much more regularly. This boxing is starting to pick up, so we'll definitely get on there. Don't forget to catch myself and Brandon also um, on the Scrappy Hour uh, and, and, and other places. Check us out everywhere. You can check us out. If you look right down here, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. We're going to be posting live on Facebook, um, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. We're going to be out here for you guys, man. So make sure you support the show. Uh, B, thank you so much, my brother. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Be good. Absolutely, man. There it is. It's the guru. Be cam, people. He's that way. Be cam. I'm, I'm, I'm this way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There it is, man. That has been episode 230 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us on the show. Thank you to my guest, the guru, B cam. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back soon for you guys. The Scrappy Hour will be this Thursday for you. And we'll be doing our also a fight recap of Strictly MMA. That'd be me, myself, and I holding it down for you guys. All right? Without further ado, this has been The Fight Podcast. Check us out everywhere at The Fight Podcast and so on. Love you guys. See you next time right here on The Fight Podcast.